Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today, Jeff, we have an extremely exciting football game to talk about. How, how pumped are you about this? I mean, I, I was expecting quite the uh, offensive spectacular and I was not let down. 13 to 9, Craig. <laughs> 13 to 9. Man, this is Oh, I guess this is Thursday night football for you. I don't even know if it's Thursday night football. I think it might just be the Bengals and the Texans. That's what this is. And it was ugly. It I mean, the thing is, I think you can actually say I think we might have actually learned a couple things tonight, crazy, you know, in in a way. I mean, other than these teams are terrible. <laughs> and one thing we learned is Andy Dalton is terrible. Like it wasn't a fluke last week. <laughs> I think that I think we got that one. I mean, Jeez, it's like he he's just not good anymore. I mean, maybe he never was, but I thought he was a better player than this. I guess the Texans have another good defense, but God, if he can't do anything against these kind of decent defenses, he's just worthless to me. It just kills AJ Green's value, which Jeff, I don't know if you saw today on Instagram. We posted up our rankings. <laughs> I, I did. You, I got, once again, man, I you were getting a lot of heat for your two of your ranks today. Yeah, it's, and it's it was AJ, AJ Green. It was AJ Green. You had him tenth, and people just thought you were crazy. Yeah. And I think you might be right. And that's—I mean—you were way too high on AJ, actually. <laughs> well, I was going to say I was actually wrong. I, I had him too high. So once again, I mean, I—I I don't hate AJ, but I mean, it's like any player. I mean, it—you know—it depends on what defense they're going against and how the other people that you know have to get them the ball or are going to react to that defense as well. So, I mean, especially after last week and you saw Dalton struggle that mightily, I mean, five turnovers, you know, even if you were thinking he's going to come back to the middle, you know, you're kind of like, okay, uh, you know, AJ could have a, a, a good game, but if he doesn't even come back to the middle, it doesn't matter how good AJ is. He's not going to get there. And, you know, so he does have five receptions for 67 yards. So, not a complete waste. You know, you're playing him no matter what. You know, you've got some points out of him. You're a little angry, but it doesn't absolutely kill you. But at the same time, like, moving forward, especially with a lot of these talented wide receivers, if their cute quarterbacks are no good, especially for the time being, then you have to, you know, act accordingly. You can't keep thinking A.J. Green can score without Dalton. No, and... Even DeAndre Hopkins, I, I ranked him up there too this week because the targets were just so much last week. And again, he had 13 targets today, but seven catches for 73. In PPR, that's a little better. That's, he, you know, that's not bad. But in a standard scoring league, he's only getting 73 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, you're going to start him probably. I mean, A.J. Green, for sure, you're going to start. Hopkins, you're probably starting. I mean, I don't see any way you can't with that many targets. It's just... To expect much more, I think, going forward is going to be tough. I mean, I guess we're going to have to see something from them to, before we trust them again, and who knows when that'll be. I mean, Houston has, coming up, has at New England coming up against Tennessee, against Kansas City. So those are none of those are easy matchups. So week six against Cleveland is probably the next time they have any kind of opportunity, you think, to maybe put up some offensive numbers. So, <laughs> Yeah, and if you're – 
you know, if we're looking just at these two extremely talented wide receivers between Hopkins and Green, who are kind of in the same position right now, right? I, I would still lean towards Green because we yeah, know definitely. at some point Andy Dalton can get his, you know, stuff together. Uh, I, I don't think this is like the I don't think this is the end of Dalton's career by any means, but he definitely has hit a rough patch beginning this year. And you you see what decent defenses do, do to him now. Um, Hopkins, on the other hand, Deshaun Watson, um, for all I know, could develop to be a, a good quarterback. But right now, his passing skill is not where it needs to be for the NFL. No. But, I mean, luckily for him, that, that run he had was really, really, you know, awesome. And that, I mean, not that I would have, anyone would have played him. But it kind of salvaged his night. I mean, they got the win, you know. But for Hopkins, I mean, heaven forbid those targets go down at all because he's going to be in a world of hurt. So, I mean, if you're looking at those two, you know, Green, and both of them are talented enough. At some point, they will both break out. They will both score touchdowns, you know, and people will cry and say, oh, man, I wish I would have had them. But, you know, remember these nights when you're like, wow, I, I would have had to pay a ton for them. And, you know, they're putting up wide receiver three, wide receiver two numbers. Just looking at these early numbers here, it's like Hopkins got 13 targets. The next on the team was Braxton Miller with three. No one, no one yeah. in Houston is going to get going. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to force feed the ball to Hopkins. And I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I don't think it's going to get much better than this. I mean, at some point he will score a few touchdowns during the year. But, I mean, you know. Catching 50% of the balls thrown at him seems like eh, probably the best case scenario. Yep. And then Eifert for Cincinnati, he, he actually went down, looks like, with an injury towards the end. I don't know anything about, you know, severity or what it is yet, but only th- he had three catches, 42 yards. That follows up last week's one catch for four yards. So through two games, four catches, 46 yards. I mean, is he droppable at this point? Are you like, yeah, it's hard to say he's droppable, but. Are you even comfortable starting him? And if you're not comfortable comfortable starting him, do you want a backup tight end on your bench? I mean, what do you do here? I mean, it, it all depends on who you can still get. I mean, you know, yep. more than likely, Eifert is going to be the best talent you can possibly yep. find. And, you know, we, we say those numbers, but at the same time, the majority of it came in this game, right? So at least he's yeah. moving in the right direction. I don't still know only the, three for 42. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not good. But but at the same time, uh, you know, four, you know, whatever, 42 yards from a tight end is not going to kill you necessarily. And I, I I truly believe in his upside. But once again, he's he's tied to Dalton. So, you know, that guy, you have to look for when when is he going to kind of get back on track. That's when you'll start seeing Eifert and his touchdowns increase. And then he'll pay dividends. But you know, you, you kind of went for Eifert and unless you can, I mean, I mean, Austin Hooper maybe, but he probably got picked up in waivers this, you know, this week. Um, you're, you're kind of tied to him for now. I mean, I just yeah, assume I you are. unless you're in a very, you know, an eight man league or eight team league, and then you can find someone. But right now you're just, you just have to hope that Dalton gets his stuff together. And then the running back situation here, man, it is ugly with the Bengals and the, and the running backs. I mean, I mean, I think both both teams looked ugly running. But with the Bengals, at least I kind of got the sense towards the end. It felt like Joe Mixon was getting more of the work. Still only had nine carries, but I can see them trend that way. I mean, Hill Hill was six for seventeen. Falls up as six for twenty six. He's he's just not good. I mean, can you? Is there anything that you can possibly say that he's any good? I mean, he shouldn't be getting near as many carries as Mixon. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. I, I think Mixon is a better athlete. And especially, I mean, let's, he, 
he really didn't do that much better than Jeremy Hill. You know, he he looks a little bit no. better. He, you know, four yards a carry compared to two point eight, but he had three more carries, and you know, neither of them had. I think uh, what Hill had a long of six, Mixon had a long of seven. It, I mean, really, it, you know, Texans do have a good defense, so we put that into the mix. Sure. But I think I think this is you're starting to see the the shift where you know if the Bengals are going to lose anyway, they're going to see what they really do have in Mixon, and I. You know, we've said this before. I, I I think he's a more talented back. He'll come out on top, and I think this is just the uh, the fire they need to just com- kind of hand it off to Mixon and say, "Hey, if you make something work, you know, we're, we'll just get hand it over to you." So yeah, I, think I, they I, need I, I do. I think I think this is the the first game where you're gonna, or the next game will be the first one where you see Mixon take uh, charge of that that run game. And then with Houston, I mean, Foreman finally he got some work this week. We heard he looked like he was gonna. They were gonna try to get him more involved and they did 12 carries but eh, only 40 yards he looked better early on i think he kind of tapered off towards the end there Mm -hmm. and miller started to get a lot more of the work and i mean if miller was going to continually get the work this is why i listed him as one of my safe players early early on in this you know preseason because in a terrible game when nothing's happening he doesn't look good he's still got 8.7 in standard you know that's an 11.7 in ppr so if that was going to continue, that's why you can see Miller's uh, just a safe option. He's going to have you a floor. But I think Foreman's definitely going to get this work. It's not just goal line work. He's just getting, I mean, 12 carries. That's that's pretty decent. And Miller really didn't step. They're even, I think, till later, you know, until the fourth quarter there. Foreman was right there with him. Actually, I think he had more carries early on for a while. Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, Lamar, your Lamar had. Yeah, exactly. And Lamar had, you know, six more carries and really – one, you know, one run was the difference between their yardage. You know, he had the, the, I think the 19 yeah. yarder, I think it was. Yeah, 19. So, it, you know, it is it's closer than people think. And, you know, I like Foreman. I was a big advocate of his, uh, thinking he was going to cut into Lamar Miller's carries. But even I didn't think it was going to be quite this early. Like game, week two, and he's already getting that kind of timeshare with him. Um, you know, this is, I mean, I don't know. I, this does not bode well for Lamar Miller. That's all, all I can say at the moment. Yeah, I think it may still get work, but it's just going to be more of a split. I think they, they want to see what they have in Foreman, and I think they know what they have in Miller. I mean, this is pretty much what he did last year. And look at it, 17 carries for 65 in week one, 18 for 61 in week two. And I mean, that's I think that's Lamar Miller at this point. That's what he is, and which is OK. It's I mean, it's oh, it's OK. It's just OK. Yeah. Well, why not try to see what Foreman can do? Yeah. It, there's He's not killing it. Why not give Foreman some work and see what he has there and maybe – you know, do something. But either way, both of these teams, just ugly situations. You're still playing Hopkins and Green, most likely. Miller, you probably, I mean, not every situation you're stuck playing Miller, but a lot of teams probably have to, the way the running back situation is around the league, but not necessarily. No, but And I wouldn't feel comfortable with it. No, but it does, um, I think the thing you can learn from this is, hey, if Deontay Foreman is not owned in your league, He's definitely worthy of the waiver least, pickup. Yeah, at least throw him on the bench. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, but, I mean, other than that, both of these offenses, oh, man, I mean, talk about lackluster. <laughs> it's it's just ugly. I'm not excited at all about any of it. So how about we just – I'm going to finish talking about that. We got a couple questions that came in. Might as well get some answers for questions for the games this upcoming weekend. All right, Jeff, I'm putting you on the spot. You haven't seen these questions at all. I want to see what your first thoughts. We got Carson sent us an email. This is a PPR league. He's asking, does he start Buck Allen 
home against Cleveland or Chris Hogan on the road against the Saints? What are you looking at there? Oh, man. It's um, tough. Yeah, and I it's kind of funny because I'm starting to come around and buck Allen a little bit, but I do think I know it's against Cleveland, but I would lean towards with I would lean towards Chris Hogan personally. Um, I, I, that New Orleans defense looked really atrocious. I think Patriots are gonna be out for blood because you know obviously they lost Week One versus KC, um, and I, I liked what I saw at Buck Allen, but at the same time, Terrence West is still the the lead back there, and um, I, I didn't see. Buck Allen necessarily catch too many week one. So I'm still kind of waiting. He did that in 2015. He caught a lot of balls. I mean, it's very true. Yeah. And, and, and Woodhead is down, but at the same time, I, I, I don't really know what they're going to do. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's the, the unknown. It, it's not necessarily, um, you know, will their game plan change? It's, you know, is Terrence West going to take up more? Is, is Buck Allen going to come in, you know, only for third down as a change of back? I'm they, not sure. They just, um, they just activated Jeremy Langford to the main roster, the main team there. So off the practice squad. <laughs> Dude, that has to be. Know. <laughs> Talk about a, a backfield of just mediocre running backs. Man. <laughs> but back, yeah, back in 2015, um, Buck Allen did catch 45 passes that season. So, I mean, that's, you know, I he, mean, and, you might be calling it right. I, I think I like Chris Hogan's upside better for this week. I just think Buck Allen is a little too risky. But I mean, that's me. That that's a personal call. What what would you say, Craig? It depends to me. I think on Amendola's status in a way. If Amendola's out with that, you know, came, what had a concussion and you know some issues. If if Amendola is out, I think I go with Hogan for sure because. I, and I think Hogan's going to definitely step into that role and catch most of those balls. Amendola had six for what a hundred last week, and so if he's out, I can definitely see Hogan getting most of that work. And Buck Allen, as much as you know, I did like seeing him get you know some work there last week. It wasn't like he he hit twenty one carries; he only got seventy one yards out of it. And mm-hmm. I think a majority of these carries came later in the game. They were they were already up. They were, you know, blowing out the Bengals. They didn't need to do as much. They had a lot of carries late. And, I mean, he really wasn't effective with them. It's kind of a weird thing where everyone's just going, just going to go pick him up. And, he, I mean, he barely ran for over three yards of carry. You know, it's it didn't look that great. And Terrence West, I mean, I think Terrence West looked better, even as much as I don't like Terrence West. And I've been the Buck Allen guy on this podcast coming up, you know, through the preseason. But... I think you go Hogan. I think it's more safe. If I want to see how they use Buck Allen, if they do use him in the pass catching role, yeah, his his, his value, especially in PPR, is going to be great. But we we can't be sure of how exactly they're going to do that yet. You know. Yeah. Yep. So yep. we're so we're in agreement. Yep. Definitely. And one more question here. All right. Let's see here. This is another one I had for you because it it's a player that you. Typically, seem to have on your teams. Okay. Let's see what you're, how you're feeling about him right now. Uh oh. Landon asked <laughs> us, should I trade? Should I try to trade Jordan Howard and someone else for Jay Ajayi? So he's looking to trade Jordan Howard and packaging someone else to get Ajayi. Um. Well, I mean, it, it really depends on who the second player is. Other first guy of all, is. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I mean, like other guy, he, he could be useless. He could be another starter. I'm not sure what you're you're thinking. Here. Okay, let's just I mean, say, let's just take someone else out of it. Would you even trade Jordan Howard straight up for JJ right now? Are you still? You, no, no. Right thinking? now, 
I mean, right now I would, I would have to, right. I mean, uh, it, it just shows, I think Jordan Howard's going to be a fine player. I think you're going to be able to start him on your team, but did his value take a hit? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Cohen was much more of, of a formidable player than I gave him credit for. Obviously I did, had no idea. Um, and well, you should have listened to me, Jeff. I told you. <laughs> Yeah, last week where we were in the preseason. Um, <laughs> hey, it was still before week one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I, he's going to get goal line carries. He's going to do a lot of great things. But Ajayi is still the only guy in town, and he, we haven't seen him play. So it kind of gives me the, you know, I'm just going off of last year. So, yeah, I would. would I, I'd rather have Ajayi, but I'm not ready to sell the farm to get rid of Howard because he still has a lot of value. Um, and I think you're way better off kind of holding on to him, waiting for him to have that two touchdown game and then see what you can get for him. Yep. Then on him off early, especially with someone else, you know, especially if there's someone, because his value is going to be low because exactly everyone saw Cohen. Everyone's talking negatively about him. So you're just, you're trading him at his lowest point. You know what I mean? Like you have to think about it almost as a stock and you want to make sure you're getting the most value out of him right now. You're not going to get that value. So basically at this point, the only way you do the Howard and someone else trade for a Jai is if that someone else is a player you're comfortable cutting from your team. Exactly. Basically, I don't, I don't need him. Like I'm not going to play him besides yeah. on, uh, on you know bye weeks or something like that. So if it's a wide receiver or someone you're not going to use or a um, kind of a wait and see running back, maybe then yeah, I, w- I would pull the trigger on that. I think, I think that's completely fine. I don't think that's panicking at all. A Jai is a He's a very, very good player. Both of them I had ranked in the top 10. So you might as well go for the guy that has no other, you know, guy behind him really pushing him. Yep. All right. Well, actually, one last thing. It's not really a question, but I just want to see, again, how you're thinking on this. Jacob doesn't ask us. He basically tells us (laughs) he's going off of our tight end ranks. We had Jimmy Graham. I had him third. You have him second. Okay. Mm -hmm. He says, Jimmy Graham can't catch anything. And you put him ahead of Ertz. Shaking my head. (laughs) <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, um, all right. yeah you're right that's not a question um, so this week just people explain yes jimmy graham didn't look great last week and Ertz did but here are the matchups graham gets to play i believe at home against san francisco while Ertz gets to go play against tom brady they're not tom brady why did i say it? against a team that just shut down tom brady the kansas city chiefs mm-hmm. what is i mean Try to tell Jacob what's up with this. <laughs> I, I, I get his frustration. Obviously, he's probably a Ertz fan, and I think we all are. I think we're all kind of pulling for the guy because he looked really good, and he's finally healthy this year. But Jimmy, first of all, Jimmy Graham, he can catch, <laughs> and he catches a lot of touchdowns uh, over his career. And second of all, you have to go matchup, right? And KC, if they can shut down Gronk, I hate to tell you, but Gronk is a way better player than Ertz. And you know, you never know. Maybe he'll score a touchdown. Maybe, you know, this and that. Who knows? But I got to go for the most likely scenario. And that likely scenario is Ertz probably has a, a middling game where he probably gets 40, 50 yards maybe. And and uh, Graham has a real chance to catch a touchdown and get, you know, far more yardage. So you got to go Graham. And, and, you know, you look at his numbers from before, uh, you know, he, he's been a much more productive player than Ertz has ever been, really. And once people start nitpicking ranks like this, I mean, Zach Ertz is fifth for both of us. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's top very high. high. <laughs> we have him almost I, high. As, we, we almost shouldn't even have him that high with the matchup, the way what they did to Gronk. But you know, I still like do. We're been, definitely 
I feel I mean, like I've been talking about Ertz for months. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been high on him forever, and I'm coming around on him. And I think in general, we've uh, our show, if you will, has been much higher on him than you know a, a lot of other people. Yep. No, I definitely, definitely agree. Oh, yeah. One last question. I just want to throw this one out there because typically our ranks, we always talk about standards, standards. You know, we don't go into PPR too much, but this makes it an interesting question because we both have one guy ahead of the other in standard. But tell me if it changes your mind in PPR. Basically, it's Devonte Adams or Adam Thielen. In PPR, do you change Ooh. your mind and go Thielen? And I, oh, you know, I kind of think we, I think we've been kind of down on Adam Thielen. I'm starting to come around on this a little bit. I don't know why we just some reason just haven't valued him as much as we should. And I think, I don't know, we might be missing the boat on it. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, uh, you know, week one, their Vikings offense completely showed me up. I mean, I obviously I make, I, we make the ranks for an entire season, but if week one is any indication, I was, I undervalued Bradford. I undervalued that, that offensive play calling and um you know and because of that i undervalued thalen i i think Diggs, you know we were relatively high on um but we still thought he was gonna be handicapped by by the offense so i mean that's definitely on me thalen is a definitely a better ppr option but um this week uh help me out craig um thalen going against i I really have to look at the matchup i I don't think it's a great matchup (laughs) believe uh, why am i missing this up it was it pittsburgh this week yeah, I think uh, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, they're what it they're, was, they're but... playing they're playing against Pittsburgh. Okay. Yep, this and way. they're yeah, on the road. Big. They're on the road at Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So and, yeah, so it will be a high scoring game. So quite possibly, and Devontae Adams, uh, he just he Cobb, could, the, Randall Cobb. He has, he has really a great throws... chance of yeah, exactly. Cobb is kind of the one that throws it off whack. Devontae Adams still has a very high uh, percentage of catching touchdowns. So I. I'm I'm not quite there yet. I think I would still lean towards Devontae Adams, but that even, is yeah, even in PPR. Very yeah, even in PPR. But that is a very legit um, you know, <laughs> thinking like thought process to in order to try to figure out how best to round out your uh your roster for the week. That is a very that's a very good one. And I think we just got people gotta remember you can't overreact to week one too much. And I've seen that already all week. So much overreactions to what week one and how, you know. It's just, you gotta, just wait. You gotta, we have to, I don't think we'll know anything until about maybe week four. That's when I feel like I'll probably maybe feel comfortable saying that, you know, I know situations and I understand situations and how they're going to go. I just don't quite yet, I would say, if we're trying to be realistic here. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, I think that's all we got for today. And we'll be back, what, Sunday night, Monday morning, early Monday morning with our reactions to week two and all the action. Maybe we will learn some stuff. I hope we do. So we'll be able to let you guys know my thoughts. (laughs) Maybe we'll learn early, but we'll talk to you guys next week.